0: What is up my Sunlight Samurais, Hansen Mato here. So in this video, I want to discuss if Gregor Gallagher knows how to increase testosterone. So we're going to go through a small video where he discusses about three top things for increasing testosterone. And then also Christopher Walker jumps in and add three more. So we're going to go through this video to see if it's any kind of good recommendations. Now, before I dive in, I don't think Gregor Gallagher has been trying to optimize his testosterone. He just implements the basics, but haven't really been specifically focusing on his testosterone because because I can assume he feels good. His physique looks good. He's lean. He doesn't see that he has any hypogonadal symptoms, so he doesn't need to address anything specifically. So no hypogonadal symptoms, no reason to do anything. So he did a video where he looked at his testosterone in his early twenties, and then he turned 30, and kind of like to recheck his testosterone, and both times were basically in the 600s. So it's not that it's high or low, it's just in the middle. If you don't have any hypogonadal symptoms, there's not really anything that you have, to, you don't really have to increase your testosterone. And then when it comes to testosterone and building more muscle and being more lean, it more comes down to your androgen receptor content in the muscles, and then also the conversion of your testosterone into five alpha reduced steroids. So, I did a video on androgen receptors, so be sure to check that out if you want to learn more on that. Let's dive into the video. Hey guys, swag.com. I'm here with Greg O'Gallagher, Keto Body Fitness, and Chris Walker from TestShot.com. Now, what we're going to talk about today is how to boost your testosterone levels during the summer months. We're going to start with Greg. Go. All right, I'm going to do like three tips right now to increase your testosterone. And you mentioned summer, so actually, the sun actually increases vitamin D production. Vitamin T helps boost testosterone. That's number one, yeah. So his first step is to get sunlight and increase your vitamin D because your vitamin D will have a beneficial effect on your androgens. It's great for increasing total testosterone and free testosterone and lowering estrogen and improving the testosterone to estrogen ratio. So I really love this because I'm also a big fan of getting sunlight on a regular basis. And sunlight is much more important than just uh, getting or increasing your vitamin D levels. I did a video on all of the benefits or the top five benefits that the Sunlight Samurai can get from getting lots of sunlight. So first up, great stuff. But the thing is like, by increasing your testosterone, your your vitamin D to a high level, doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna have very high levels of testosterone. It's just gonna take you to a point Whereas between like 400 and 600, depending on where you were, maybe you can experience like a 50 to 100, maybe 200 at most point increase uh, by just optimizing your vitamin D. So it's not going to be phenomenal. But the thing is, like getting sunlight improves how you feel, which is the most important thing. So it does improve testosterone, but it more so improves how you feel, making the well being of your life, the quality of your life, a lot better. Yeah. Um, now that's it, it's time to summarize. You want to get a lot of sleep. It's deficient sleep, testosterone comes down. So get, get lots of so his second tip is about getting lots of sleep this is again great tip this is the most fundamental thing that you can do to improve your health in general insulin sensitivity keeping your hormones in check improving your thyroid function lowering inflammation helping to lose weight managing your appetite Improving sleep is going to be the best thing that you can do. Maximize your sleep quality. Now, it can range differently for different people, like between seven and nine hours. That's kind of like a good range for you to go by. You don't have to aim for nine if you feel refreshed at seven. And you don't have to go for seven if you don't feel refreshed at nine. So obviously, if you're not refreshed after nine hours and you're not really an athlete in training like a maniac, you probably need to figure out how can I improve the quality of my sleep so that I feel refreshed uh, by that nine hour mark or at least earlier as well. So great point, sleep can improve your your testosterone levels if you're not sleeping enough and if your testosterone levels are low. But let's say you're already getting good quality sleep, improving it more is probably not going to have a better effect on uh, your testosterone levels. So what really matters is more the quality than the quantity. But obviously, if you're only sleeping four hours and the quality is amazing, you're still going to have lower levels of testosterone, whereas the optimal quantity, as I mentioned, is probably between seven and nine. Very small percentage of people can get less than seven and a small percentage of people need more. But most people get enough, seven to nine, but make sure the quality is in check. That's going to be the most important thing because you could, as I mentioned, you can sleep for nine hours and not feel refreshed. And someone that's feeling refreshed on seven hours is probably going to have more testosterone than the guy that's sleeping more but not being not refreshed. Um, and the third tip is actually, uh, and this is one thing that Chris talks about a lot, is fats and carbs are the main drivers of testosterone production. So don't do the low carb, don't do the low fat, Eat balanced, you actually get better hormonal functioning than if you go on the low fat diet or low carb diet. And uh, those are three great tips that will make a profound difference. The stuff that you know, Chris talks a lot about is test test shock. And you can add you know, two more tips. So his third point is to make sure that you eat enough carbohydrates and fats. That is absolutely correct because studies show that people that eat more fats tend to have higher levels of testosterone. And it's a clear, relatively clear correlation. And I think it peaks roughly around 40 to 50% fat. You go more fat, you don't get necessarily a bigger increase in testosterone. So you don't want to eat so much fat that your carbohydrate goes down because when your carbohydrate go down, cortisol go up and thyroid hormones go down. So although people on a ketogenic diet don't necessarily have lower levels all the time. Like some people get a drop in testosterone when they go on a ketogenic diet, but there was a study showing that people do a, doing a ketogenic diet didn't necessarily experience a drop in testosterone. But the thing is like, it's like your testosterone remains the same now and um, your cortisol goes up. So you, you change your cortisol to testosterone ratio. This is more important than just the testosterone that you have. And also uh, your thyroid hormone go down and thyroid is essential for the proper production and utilization of your testosterone. Now, as I mentioned before, is that you can have sky high levels of testosterone, but if your body don't utilize that testosterone effectively, you're basically going to have hypogonadal symptoms. So the blood value doesn't mean much it's the similar thing, like if you check for thyroid, but you have hypogonadal symptoms because the blood value don't always reflect the tissue level. You can literally be have normal level or high levels of thyroid, and you can ex- exhibit all of the hypothyroid symptoms. So you can have high levels of testosterone, but you exhibit all the hypogonadal symptoms. So just because someone on a ketogenic diet don't experience a drop in testosterone doesn't necessarily mean that their tissue level is getting enough testosterone. So getting on a ketogenic diet, I don't think is good at all long-term, not even for improving your blood sugar or anything, unless you have some kind of genetic mutation where you can't utilize carbohydrates and pyruvate effectively, and you need that GABAergic effect of the ketones to help against epilepsy. So having a good ratio between fats and carbs is going to help to improve your metabolism, increase thyroid, lower the, uh, the cortisol, improve your testosterone to cortisol ratio. And also having enough fats is going to provide the precursors to create a testosterone. Um, but this, like not, not everyone has to shoot for, for uh, 40% fat, but I think there's a good ratio between Probably between 25 and 50% of fat. So you have to find what works for you. I've never really experienced like low testosterone or hypogonadal symptoms on a low uh, fat diet. And I've gone really low, between uh, below 10 grams on a daily basis. And I've never really felt worse, but I think I have felt like better mentally, energy, and like maybe slightly more confident. more androgenic symptoms on a higher fat diet now the one thing that i would like to point out is that your testosterone is created from cholesterol so i would there's no studies on this specifically but i would wager a guess that if you consume more cholesterol in the form of organ meat like liver and kidney and egg yolks and brain even because that's very high in cholesterol you're providing more of the precursor and your body should be able to make more testosterone given that you give it the right stimulus so you give a lot of the precursor then you stimulate the production of testosterone, and if you have enough precursor and the stimulation is good, you should be able to make a lot of testosterone. So I think that if you lower your total fat intake but you keep your cholesterol intake high, you might get away with eating a little bit of a lower fat diet. But all in all, Greg has been giving excellent advice: um, getting sunlight, pr- optimizing your sleep, and then eating a balanced diet. That's going to be the that's very good foundations for improving your testosterone levels. So let's hear what Chris has to say. He's three tips. Three, three more. All right, let's go for it. First one, fasting. Intermittent fasting. Skip breakfast. Make it easy. It increases certain hormones that'll, that'll help your insulin sensitivity. Increase growth hormone and testosterone. So Chris talks about fasting as the first step that he gives to optimize his testosterone levels. I will have to degree, disagree with this one because... Fasting and intermittent fasting, they don't increase testosterone levels. Actually, fasting, it lowers testosterone levels. So the longer you fast, the faster your testosterone drops. So the same thing happens with intermittent fasting. If it's 14 hours or 16 hours, you get a drop. So what happens is that the body upregulates the sensitivity to luteinizing hormone. So when you do it again, you have improved sensitivity and you get this surge going, supposedly. So you get a, more, a greater increase in testosterone. So I think what at the end of the day you have your testosterone average let's say you average because it spikes in the morning and it goes down during the day and you have a low point so you take the average of the spike and the low point and you take the average of that so when you fast you have longer your testosterone is low for a longer period of time and then it spikes and then it goes back to normal so even though it was spiking maybe a little bit higher when you fast, but it's depressed for longer. So the average still is going to be inferior to someone that doesn't do intermittent fasting. So, as I mentioned before, when you use testosterone, the reason why it really helps you to build more muscle is because you're chronically exposed to that testosterone. So, that's when you use a testosterone cream, the half life is shorter. People that use a testosterone cream, experience less muscle growth than people that use an injection because with the injection the levels are more stable with the cream it goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down which is also good because it mimics natural levels but if you're hypogonadal obviously when it goes down you're back into the hypogonadal range but if you inject testosterone you're chronically exposed to that testosterone and it gives you better hypertrophy so fasting Is going to be actually worse for your gains because you're in that depressed state for longer than you should be. So even though you're getting this big spike and people's like, oh, you're getting a great spike and it's going to help with muscle protein synthesis, it's going to be amazing. It's not, it's the average that you get on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis and long-term that's going to determine your results. So fasting has been shown like to improve that sensitivity. But when you look at the baseline level of testosterone, it doesn't lead to higher levels of testosterone in the long run. The second tip is uh, address any vitamin and mineral deficiencies you might have. If you're deficient in certain vitamins and minerals, your body's not going to be able to produce testosterone at a good capacity, so you're going to be low. So, his second tip is to make sure you don't have any deficiencies. I've been hammering on this for a long time. Make sure you eat enough vitamins and minerals, the fat soluble, the, the water soluble, all of the minerals, calcium, magnesium, zinc, saline, all those things, they act as cofactors for energy production, cellular and proper metabolism, the cofactors for the sterogenic enzymes very good point here and to get the best nutrients from your diet it's important to focus on animal based foods so it would be milk eggs oysters meat organ meat those kind of stuff get your foundation from those foods and then you can add other foods like um, fruit and tubers and stuff whatever you can tolerate but i mainly um, rely on getting my nutrients from animal foods and then whatever i get extra from plant-based stuff is just a bonus like Like, but but let's say for an example, like I don't get a lot of potassium. This is an example. I do get a lot of potassium from my milk, but let's say I didn't get enough potassium from the food I was eating, including milk. And then I was adding like orange juice, getting more vitamin C and potassium. Obviously that is going to be important. If you don't have a potassium source, having fruit in your diet, that's going to give you that nutrient is a good thing. But I like to to keep my foundation on the animal stuff and then add in the valuable plant foods like the fruits. That's going to be easy to digest get enough calories, get enough nutrients from those kind of food that digest easily and don't give you an allergenic response. So you might wonder, how do I know if I'm getting enough or not? So the thing is, your body is actually very good at regulating the absorption of certain nutrients. But if you maybe have some dysbiosis, you have some gut inflammation, you're obviously not going to absorb the nutrients as effectively as you can. But let's say you don't have any gut issues. How do you know if you have nutrient deficiencies or not? The simplest way to do- go about this is to log your diet on chronometer because it's going to show you all the vitamins and minerals that you are consuming. And you're like, okay, this one, I, I can clearly see I'm not consuming enough of this nutrient. So let me add more food that's going to give you more of this nutrients. And likely you're going to feel a lot better. But as Paul Saladino mentioned before, you have different levels of nutrition education, so to speak. So you have the macros that is completely Elementary. Then you have a step bigger or deeper that goes into the micros. Then you have a next step that's going into the peptides and other factors that we don't count as vitamins and minerals. And then the next step is the things that are in foods, like animal foods, that we don't even know about yet and needs to be discovered. So when you only talk about getting the vitamins and minerals, you can still feel non optimal when you consume your proper macros and micros because, for example, you might be missing some of those. Peptides and other beneficial compounds in animal foods. Like you can eat all the micros, but let's say you, for example, have some beef liver and suddenly you feel the surge of euphoria. Clearly, there are certain compounds in liver that you have been missing for a long time. So, the first step is to go on chronometer, log your diet, see which micros you are missing. But again, as I mentioned, sticking to that foundation of animal foods is going to give you the best nutrients and best bang for your buck. Then, if you want to test, I would go for a nail analysis, not the hair, but the nail analysis. You clip your big toe nail, both sides, and you send it to a company called Idea Labs, and they will do an analysis for you. link that in the description. And they look at calcium, magnesium, selenium, those kind of minerals. And they also look at the mercury lead silver, like the pathological things that you can have. So they look at like all of the minerals that's important so you can have a look at that. They don't look at the vitamins. you can look, at, do a blood test for all the vitamins and see what's missing there. The third tip is to train correctly. So you want to activate as much muscle volume as possible over the shortest period of time. And that'll increase the amount of testosterone output in your workout. So those are my three tips. So his next step is to train correctly. Now I've mentioned this in the past, training with exercise do only give you an acute surge in testosterone, but it doesn't change your baseline level of testosterone so it's not necessarily going to make you feel better everyone can feel better from doing workout if it's walking jogging some kind of fun activity doesn't have to be any kind of intense exercise just movement in general is going to make you feel better it's not necessarily because of that certain testosterone that you get from doing intense exercise so he recommends training intensely and doing some kind of full body exercise like a muscle up so you recruit almost every muscle in the body it's very explosive it's a full range of motion or a very large range of motion and that's going to give you the biggest surge in testosterone. But as I mentioned, that acute spike in testosterone is not going to change the baseline. It's not going to, if you're 600 and you start doing muscle ups, you're most likely going to remain at 600. But if you do the muscle ups and then go and test, obviously you're still going to test that, that acute spike that's going to drop. So you get a, kind of like a false reading. So to change the baseline, the most important things is what Greg basically said, is that make sure your diet's in check, your lifestyle, like sleep and sunlight and those stuff is in check. So with exercise, it's just, I just rec- basically recommend just be active in general. So do fun things, walk around, be active, don't just sit all day. That's going to have so much more benefits than just increasing testosterone, but that is basically what helps you to increase testosterone. So let's say you're inactive all day and then you have like a 30 to a 45 minute workout that's not going to be very good giving you all of the health benefits that exercise can really give you but being active all day for most of the day or during the day and then having an exercise session on top of that that's going to give you a lot of benefits and hey okay you know since i'm i'm in my 30s these guys are in their 20s why is this important for 20 year olds to know yeah. you know it's, why why are you all practicing it's, it's this? this it's surprising but a lot of 20 year olds have low testosterone yeah. yeah and they do it because they don't know the right things to do they, they go on these, these crash diets to get super ripped and they kill their testosterone levels. And the research has shown that the average testosterone is declining today. Yeah. So, you we know, have all these chemicals in our food and whatnot, like right yeah. the So it's harder. I'm it's hard. stuff. It's harder to maintain a higher testosterone level today than it was 50 years ago. So then basically his last question is, why is it important for a 20-year-old to improve his testosterone levels? And this is because a lot of people are hypogonadal. They actually have hypogonadal puberties, where the average testosterone is about 300 in people that now go through puberty. They are having hypogonadal puberty. Supposedly, when your testosterone is the highest during puberty, it's 300. That's very bad. And then after that, it's obviously all downhill. So you start hypogonadal. imagine where you end up. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to be zero testosterone by the age of 60. You're probably going to have zero by the age of 30 or 40. (laughs) If you don't, make dramatic changes, change your lifestyle, change your diet. Because a lot of people are basically, they're exposed to stress, they're raised in the city, they just have a poor diet, they don't get a lot of sunlight, they're on the technology all the time. So a lot of factors are causing them to... skip on having the proper diet, having the proper lifestyle that's going to enhance their levels of testosterone. So that's the main reason why it's important for someone to focus on testosterone. But I would say it's not just important to focus on testosterone. If you don't feel optimally, then focus on the diet and lifestyle to improve the way you feel. Don't just fixate on testosterone because it can give you false readings. Focus on how you feel because you can have high testosterone, but still not feel very good. So do the things that's going to make you feel better. All right, guys, I hope this video was helpful. Greg gave good advice. Christopher, I know, what he, I know he knows what he's talking about, but those two tips weren't really the best tips, but fixing the micronutrients, that was a good one. All right, guys, that's it. that is it for this video, and I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.